Wi-Fi 6E and 6 gigahertz uh, specifically is a huge new amount of spectrum available for Wi-Fi. Traditionally, Wi-Fi has been available in the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz spectrums, but opening up Wi-Fi to the 6 gigahertz spectrum enables 1,200 new megahertz of spectrum for Wi-Fi 6E. So you can think about if Wi-Fi is a highway, we got a new super highway for data to traverse on Wi-Fi. Today on The Signal, we'll get an update from IDC on how Wi-Fi 6E is impacting the enterprise wireless land market. Hey, this is Martha DeGrasse here again for Wi-Fi Alliance, and this is The Signal, our podcast where we bring you the inside track on Wi-Fi. We want to deliver a new perspective on the growing portfolio of Wi-Fi technologies that we see changing the connectivity landscape. These are meant to be smart conversations with industry leaders. And today we are delighted to welcome Brandon Butler. He is research manager at IDC, and he's going to talk to us about how Wi-Fi 6 has increased wireless LAN revenue, particularly in the enterprise. Brandon, thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Martha. Looking forward to the discussion today. Yeah, so am I. In reading about your background, you've been a longtime analyst and journalist, but I have to say the thing that stuck out most to me about your background was that in one of your recent podcasts, it involved a pie in the face for the host. I'd kind of like to know what that's about before we go any further. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I've been an analyst at IDC for six years, but for six years before that, I was a senior editor at Network World. And we had a series of podcasts uh, that we did for Network World. And one of them was a pie day challenge, as we call it. Gotcha. And so me and my colleagues went head to head in terms of reciting the digits of pie. And thankfully, I came out victorious. And How so many digits got, did you get to? It was probably around 50 or so. I really? have a good short-term memory. So That's awesome. I had practiced before and That's uh, memorized impressive. a bunch. Wow. But anyway, the fruits of winning was being able to uh, pie my colleague in the face, which All was right. quite well, exciting. Full disclosure, we are, are not in the same room right now for this podcast, so I'm safe because I can't recite digits of pie, but let's get into the numbers. So you've got numbers through the first half of 2023 on wireless LAN and the impact of Wi-Fi 6 on that market. And I think it's actually pretty staggering, or it was to me when I looked at what percent of the enterprise market was Wi-Fi 6 already. Can you give us an update on that? Sure, certainly. Yeah, Martha, it's a real exciting time to be tracking the Wi-Fi market today. We've seen a, a sort of renaissance in terms of Wi-Fi in the last couple of years, driven by a number of factors that we'll talk about. But yeah, we've seen really high growth rates in the Wi-Fi industry, specifically the enterprise class segment of the Wi-Fi industry in the last, and just back up, IDC publishes wireless LAN revenue and unit shipment data on a quarterly basis. So our most recent numbers take us up through the first half of 2023. And in the most recent quarter, the second quarter of 2023, the enterprise segment of the market grew 43% year over year in terms of revenue. And that was building on top of 43% growth in the first quarter of the year on a year over year basis compared to the previous year. So the Wi-Fi market pre-COVID, we saw mid-single-digit growth rates between 3 and 7% or so. But because of a lot of the trends that I think we'll talk about today, we've seen this really 
significant increase in Wi-Fi revenues within the last couple of years. A lot of that's driven by supply chain issues and backlogs that a number of vendors had, but also because of these new technologies that we're seeing, like Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6E, Wi-Fi 7 is coming soon. And also we certainly see that Wi-Fi remains a core and critical technology that organizations are using to power their future connectedness strategy. So you combine all these things together. And and like I said, it's been a a really interesting time to watch what's happening in the Wi-Fi market. So 43% year-on-year growth in both Q1 and Q2. How much of that is attributable to Wi-Fi 6? Yes, Wi-Fi 6 is basically become the de facto standard within the enterprise class segment of the Wi-Fi market today. So Wi-Fi 6 makes up about 80% of dependent access point revenues and shipments, according to our data. So this has been a multi-year transition to get to Wi-Fi 6 being the major standard that new Wi-Fi access points and controllers are purchased by. So Wi-Fi 6 certainly has sort of cemented itself as the de facto standard for, again, new Wi-Fi purchases of access points and controllers. And we're just starting to see Wi-Fi 6E, which is a really big new standard for Wi-Fi, really starting to take hold now in the last couple quarters as well. What portion does Wi-Fi 6E represent? Yeah, so if you can think about Wi-Fi 6 making up about 80% of the dependent access point revenues, we've seen in the most recent quarter, Wi-Fi 6E making up about 15% of the market's revenues. Is that independent of the 80? So like 95 between them or is that yes. part of the Yeah, 80? Between, okay. between the two, yes. And then about 5% would be the remaining legacy standards from Wi-Fi 5 and Wi-Fi 4 and before. And again, this is new Wi-Fi infrastructure that's purchased by enterprises. So it's it's a little bit different than if you think about this install base of Wi-Fi. There would be different percentages there. But again, these are the shipments that Wi-Fi vendors are recognizing in terms of the sales of the new Wi-Fi equipment. But we do see fairly significant differences around the world in terms of the uptake of Wi-Fi 6E. And a lot of that has to do with the availability of the new spectrum within the 6 gigahertz band that Wi-Fi enables. Right. It's confusing, right? Because Wi-Fi 6 isn't really 6 gigahertz, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Wi-Fi 6E, which is the sort of iterative new standard based off of Wi-Fi 6, really opens up Wi-Fi into that 6 gigahertz spectrum. But unfortunately, around the world, we haven't seen ubiquitous availability of the 6 gigahertz spectrum. And so, again, you see different adoption rates in terms of Wi-Fi 6E depending on where more spectrum is available. So if you think about the total amount of Wi-Fi 6E spend in the world in the second quarter, about two-thirds of that was actually in North and South America, with about a quarter of that in EMEA. And then only about 10% of that was in Asia Pacific. And that sort of tracks to where you see the spectrum availability for the 6 gigahertz band. North and South America have opened up the full 1,200 megahertz of the band. And so enterprises and organizations in in those regions are more heavily investing in Wi-Fi 6E. Whereas in Asia Pacific, we haven't seen China or India open up the full spectrum. And so the Wi-Fi 6E is lagging a little bit further behind in those regions. What are some of the use cases that you think are driving 6E adoption? 
Yeah, so Wi-Fi 6E and 6 gigahertz uh, specifically is a huge new amount of spectrum available for Wi-Fi. Traditionally, Wi-Fi has been available in the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz spectrums, but opening up Wi-Fi to the 6 gigahertz spectrum enables 1,200 new megahertz of spectrum for Wi-Fi 6E. This is across 56 channels. That compares to, for the 5 gigahertz band, 500 megahertz of spectrum and only across 25 channels. So you can think about if Wi-Fi is a highway, we got a new super highway for data to traverse on Wi-Fi. So I think the real benefit for this new spectrum is really going to be for dense Wi-Fi environments. You think about stadiums, convention centers, transportation hubs, airports, any places where a lot of people gather and are using the Wi-Fi at the same time. This significant amount of new spectrum and the new channels that are available is going to make Wi-Fi as good in those very dense environments as it is for smaller environments. But we also see 6 gigahertz has some really interesting potential for very latency sensitive workloads. If you think about like augmented and virtual reality use cases, if you think about IoT devices and streaming telemetry that they can enable, there's also some interesting use cases that we've seen in terms of devices being able to take advantage of that clean and sort of unencumbered spectrum, you know, specifically from an indoor space. If you have devices that may have degradation based on interference, this sort of clean spectrum where you don't have a lot of devices on it now could be a short-term benefit for Wi-Fi 6E. But at the end of the day, this new spectrum is also going to be used for everyday enterprise applications and consumer applications as well. The world is increasingly going wireless first, and we're going to have a number of digital use cases that take advantage of Wi-Fi. And fundamentally, those are going to use this significant amount of new spectrum as well. Yeah, I was at NRG Stadium in Houston last week, and they are preparing for a great big Wi-Fi 6E upgrade. So just what you're talking yeah, about, stadiums, I think, are probably going to be a big use case here. So what about Wi-Fi 7? It's coming soon. Enterprises are clearly not waiting, even though it's just around the corner. They're going ahead and investing in Wi-Fi 6 and 6E instead of waiting. Why do you think that is? Yeah, and this is a question that we get a lot in terms of, should I wait for Wi-Fi 7 or should I do a Wi-Fi 6E deployment? And my perspective on this is that as an organization, a business, if you have a need for a Wi-Fi upgrade, there's no reason to specifically wait for Wi-Fi 7. This should really be driven by business use cases that organizations have. So if you are running a legacy Wi-Fi environment, something like Wi-Fi 4, Wi-Fi 5, it would make a lot of sense to be able to upgrade to Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6E today, especially if there are digital business use cases that are sort of driving the need for an increased level of connectivity from a Wi-Fi perspective. Now, there certainly may be some organizations who maybe they have already invested in Wi-Fi 6, and so they don't need to invest in Wi-Fi 6E, and maybe they would wait for Wi-Fi 7. But I think the other thing to consider here is that it's it's not an all or nothing. There's a lot of staggered Wi-Fi deployments that we see from enterprises in terms of upgrading certain parts of their Wi-Fi network, certain buildings or certain use cases within their organization, and having staggered cycles of Wi-Fi upgrades and refreshes. Generally, we see Wi-Fi equipment and infrastructure 
having somewhere between a three and five year lifespan. And so a lot of organizations don't upgrade the entire Wi-Fi network at a single time, and maybe you'd have staggered upgrades and cycles throughout. And so from that perspective, it's not an either or between Wi-Fi 6E and Wi-Fi 7, but maybe there are areas of your network where you would deploy Wi-Fi 6 and 6E today, and maybe deploy Wi-Fi 7 in other places in the future. Awesome. Now, what are you looking for for the balance of 2023? Do you think the second half will see the same kinds of growth rates that the first half saw? Yeah. So one of the reasons we've seen these really incredible growth rates in the Wi-Fi industry over the last 18 to 24 months has really been based off of supply chain issues that began within the early days of the global pandemic. And so that created a situation where a number of the wireless land vendors created a significant backlog of product orders. And that has really been the easing of the supply chain crisis and the increased availability of products is really allowing organizations, Wi-Fi vendors, to be able to ship products that organizations may have ordered a year or even longer ago. And so we expect that this cycle of backlog drawdown is going to likely come to a close at some point within the, the second half of this year. And so when that happens, we're expecting to see somewhat difficult year-over-year comparisons in terms of the market not being able to reach the same level of growth rates and, and revenue and unit shipments as we saw during this drawdown of the significant backlog. But overall, we're expecting the Wi-Fi market by 2024 and, and 2025 and beyond to get back to its pre-COVID level of mid-single-digit growth rates for the Wi-Fi market uh, moving forward. So we're expecting a, about a 5% CAGR over the, the five-year forecast period. So this is in line with a mature Wi-Fi market that we saw pre-COVID. But the last couple of years have just created some significant changes in terms of what we've seen in terms of year-over-year growth rates. That's interesting. So is that 5% CAGR enterprise and consumer together or just enterprise? That's across both enterprise both. and okay. consumer. Yep. And so you'll see slightly different growth rates compared to enterprise and consumer. So within the enterprise, a little bit higher than the consumer. But over that five-year forecast period, we expect both to, to get to that mid-single-digit growth rates. So this year, your numbers show the enterprise growing a lot while consumer has actually declined. Is that an anomaly or do you think consumer will continue declining for the rest of 2023? So, yeah, we do expect that the consumer market is still going through a number of trends that are not going to be able to get it back to a growth rate this year. But we do expect by 24 and 25, again, the consumer market would get back to low single-digit growth rates. But basically within the consumer segment, we saw a significant boost to the consumer Wi-Fi segment in the early days of COVID. In 2020, the market grew in the mid-teens in terms of growth. In the last couple of years, we've seen the growth rates drop into the negative side on the consumer side. But again, we see a number of trends there. On the consumer side, we see a, a little bit more of a lag in terms of adopting new Wi-Fi standards. So Wi-Fi 6 and, and 6E is a couple years behind in terms of being adopted by the consumer class segment. 
You also see on the consumer class side that service providers, broadband providers, the telecommunications companies drive a significant amount of that revenue. And they're a little bit more price conscious in terms of deploying some of the, the latest Wi-Fi technology. And so that has held back a little bit some of the, the growth rates within the market in, in recent years. But again, as Wi-Fi 6 and 6E and eventually 7 continue to get into the consumer side of the market, Again, we expect the market to get back to those low single-digit growth rates that we saw pre-pandemic to get back to the sort of normal level of growth rates. That's interesting. And what do you think will boost the service providers? I mean, I think a lot of them are maybe focusing their CapEx elsewhere right now. Is there any time frame for when you think the service providers may do Wi-Fi upgrades? Yeah. And again, it's sort of driven by the Wi-Fi that they're enabling for their end user consumers that they would be selling this to. And we certainly see consumers still prioritizing wireless connectivity within the home for a number of, of use cases especially as you think of smart home devices that are leveraging Wi-Fi networks. We see a number of enhancements to consumer-grade uh, Wi-Fi infrastructure from mesh Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi extenders, in addition to sort of traditional gateway and routers. Within the retail side of the consumer space, we see high-end gaming routers, and that's where you see some of the early adopters of these new Wi-Fi standards pick up investments in the newest Wi-Fi standards. So yeah, generally we expect within the, the coming years that service providers are going to be adopting some of these newer standards as we get into Wi-Fi 6 and 6E. Usually the consumer side of the market lags the enterprise side in terms of standard adoption by usually between two to three years. So we'll continue to see that cycle within the coming years. All right. Well, Brandon, it's great to have you here and to learn what you've been learning. Is there anything else that you want to make sure to communicate with us while you're here? Yeah, you know, one thing we didn't touch on was some of the really interesting new enhancements that we're seeing specifically on the enterprise side from a Wi-Fi management perspective. So we see some really interesting new management features for Wi-Fi from cloud-managed Wi-Fi to the impact of AI and ML technology to really enhance the operations and the management of Wi-Fi networks. You think about things like what we call the software-defined branch architectures that integrate management of not just Wi-Fi, but Ethernet switching and SD-WAN as well. A lot of these are contributing to growth within the, the enterprise class segment of the Wi-Fi market as well. And overall, we just see that Wi-Fi remains one of the really core technologies that organizations are, are leveraging to provide these digital experiences and digital use cases that their enterprises are relying on. So. Like I said, it's, it's an exciting time to be watching the Wi-Fi market and really appreciate you having me on to discuss some of these issues. Absolutely. This has been great. Brandon Butler, Research Manager at IDC. We hope you can come back again soon to join us on The Signal. And that is our show. Don't forget to check the show notes for more resources and be sure to follow The Signal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music or on the Wi-Fi Alliance. That's y-fi.org. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Martha DeGrasse here for Wi-Fi Alliance. Please join us next time on The Signal.